Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Before we get to the episode, we've got a mailbag segment. First up is a call from our good friend, Ben Bird. Greg, what's up? It's Ben Bird calling about Can You Find It? Listen to the episode. Great episode. Not a huge fan of the song. However, while I was listening to it, somehow I played it on YouTube or wherever and jacked the speed up to one and a half or two times the normal speed. And let me tell you, man, when you speed that song up, it is an absolute banger. I would encourage everybody to do it, play it like one and a half, maybe two, and just see what you think. Speed up, uh, sped up, excuse me, that song is just fantastic. Anyway, keep up the great work as always, and I look forward to many more outstanding episodes. All right, you heard the man. Everyone go to YouTube and crank that speed up on Can You Find It? Next up is Josiah, who has some thoughts on a classic episode, Where Your Eyes Don't Go. Hey, Greg. It's Josiah, the um, time-traveling caller. I'm back here in 2022 still. I just listened to episode 178, Where Your Eyes Don't Go. Um, and I was surprised while discussing the lyrics that no one mentioned, that kind of eerie connection that this one verse has to, to the game Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Um, and I couldn't even find anyone on the wiki talking about it. So, yeah, the verse in question was, where your eyes don't go, filthy scarecrow waves its broomstick arms and does a parody of each unconscious thing you do. When you turn around to look, it's gone. Behind you on its face, it's wearing your confused expression, where your eyes don't go. So, in Ocarina of Time, there's this scarecrow that's always out of sight, but then pops up out of the ground and literally waves its broomstick arms in relation to songs that you play it, and it even has a pretty dumb expression on its face. Is this a coincidence or is it inspiration? Uh, sure, the game was made 10 years after the song, but who's to say John Linnell isn't a time traveler as well, huh? Um, the whole game itself is about time travel. Uh, anyway, I thought that was a nice and timely revelation I shared two years after the podcast aired. <laughs> Hope you're still listening to all these in the future. Bye. Yeah, I never played that game, so I definitely would not be the one to make that connection. Though it does sound eerily similar. It would be cool to think that uh, the game developers were inspired, uh, or, or they might be Giants fans. So thanks, guys, for calling in. Uh, anyone can leave a message for me at 224-801-2930. And now on with the episode. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, and I am here with second-time guest, I think, Jerome Hemmersbacher. We're going to talk about the song 200 Speemails off of, you know, some Homestar Runner thingy. Here we go.
interesting just to think about How can we face 200 speed mails? The thought of all those speed mails makes me weak I guess it's actually, it was collected on Album Raises New and Troubling Questions. Jerome, have you heard that compilation album? I heard part of it today, actually, incidentally, because I put on 200 speed mails to listen to again, and it played a little bit more than just 200 speed mails. Um, you know... There's some interesting stuff on that compilation. It's a fun one. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's wild because it was playing over the speakers in the warehouse for everybody at work. And... Uh, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> not a super, not a super uh, intellectual crowd in there. So they might be giants as no. lost on some of them. I'll be honest, but uh, <laughs> a good time was still had by most. <laughs> I'm just imagining these songs booming. Yeah. Through a, I mean, we're it's a warehouse. I mean, we're talking big. It, I mean, there's got to be some crazy echo in there, and like uh, just it's uh, not just a warehouse. It's a wattage. It's a warehouse for a, a sound production company. So yeah, it was it was booming. Some good wattage there. Yeah. Okay. So what is right after emails on that compilation? Let me see. I'm raising it right now. Um, look, looking at the track list now. Let's see. Okay. It is Boat oh, of Oh, so Car- right after it is the other thing brass band versions of Boat of Car, Mr. Me, Dirt Bike, and Particle Man. Ooh, I wish it would have gotten a Particle Man, because, of course, it's not my favorite. Um, which, yeah. Um, oh, and that's, you know, some other stuff that we've talked about is on that compilation as well. So. Yeah, so, so you were hearing, uh, so the, the other thing brass band is uh, the... The brass crew that they had at that time contained uh, Dan Levine, who still plays with them now on low brass stuff. Mark Pender, who is currently touring with them. Oh, Conan's I know Mark Pender. I know Mark Pender. Um, I mean, I don't know him. Uh-huh. I'd love to. I had him on the show talking about the song, and he was super fun and hilarious. I saw it, and, and he's, uh, he seemed it. Marcus Rojas, who uh, has played some tuba and stuff for them. He hasn't been on a ton of other... He didn't span a big range of the MMP Giants' uh, history as long as some of the other two dudes, but uh, quality versions of those songs. I'm just wondering if people in the warehouse heard uh, Money for Dope. Uh, I don't know. I think the live track, I think it might have been going in reverse because I think the live track, the live and studio track was the next thing it played. Uh, Cloisonne, yeah. that's a good one. Electronic Istanbul, that's a good yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, I, yeah, and, uh, that was, that was a good time. The, the very first track, Oh We, the only lyrics are, Oh We. Well, it's 48 oh seconds. Wee, oh Wee, Oh Wee, Oh Wee. <laughs> That's 48 seconds, which is six seconds longer than today's track. <laughs> yeah, 42 seconds. Uh, I should explain if, if, People who actually are audiophiles of, of some kind, which is not most dorks like me, uh, if I sound a little different, I am recording from the Quality Inn and Suites in Columbus, scenic Columbus, Indiana. Not even Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Indiana. Right off I-65 
into my USB mic, which normally is only used for when I record the uh, mailbag segments and I'm too lazy to go to the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so I might sound a little different. I, my, the waveforms are looking a little big for comfort, so I'm backing away from it, but yeah, it should sound okay. But mine's fluctuating. If I get like this, too. I'm. Ah! I'm curious to see how that waveform sounds. That sounds like a quote. I go back to listen to it. That sounds like a quote for me from the last 10 seconds of the intro to this very podcast. <laughs> are you are, are you getting some crazy waveforms on your end there? Oh, no, I meant when I'm screaming in the intro song to this very podcast. Every oh, episode. okay, the actual theme song, yes. Yeah, every episode. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's become more and more truncated as it's gone. Only 45 seconds of it plays usually. But I do love your screaming at the end. And if people want to hear the full thing, it's up on the Bandcamp uh, in the, I believe, in the Miscellaneous Trash album. Because it's trash. It is, <laughs> but it was so fun to do. It was really That fun. was fun. I love I love when it gets to the Muppets section. Yeah. We, <laughs> it might be a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of, we, we interpreted it, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, so people should know that you uh, are are a member of the Exquisite Dead Guys, and uh, so it's me, uh, you, and Matt Monta playing the theme that people hear every week. Uh, you're on drums and vocals, Matt's on guitar and vocals, and I'm on the synth and vocals, and additional vocals by your uh, former band, Frank Muffin, and did uh, uh, Hans... Uh, Hans and uh, uh, and Brittany and did, who else get on? Did did other people get on that too? Yeah, I think Joe Heeb, our drummer at the time, was on that. And I have to correct you; you played drums on it. I did not drum on this. Oh, I played drums. I that played one. guitar. You did. Uh, you both played guitar. Yeah, Matt and I played guitar. I played, That's right. Yeah, that's right. A lot of tappy. Sh- a lot of drums are so there. good. I was like, damn, Jerome really knocked it out. <laughs> <sighs> that's fair. You're you know, you, you do fine on drums. I was listening to. Um, uh oh what episode did i just do meg white for life that's all i'm saying you're drumming on um because i was just listening to uh the very first live album oh compilation yeah yeah where parker fucks everything up for us but me and you are solid as we do uh experimental film and uh uh oh because i just did uh the climbing the walls episode so i was thinking about how how we used to do that and we attempted it there and parker's just like just like gives up he's like there's too many chords in this song see like, come on, he just starts like bluesy noodling he was like eight beers into the night i'm like god I'm like come on dude <laughs> well uh yeah we'll uh we'll leave that discussion for off mic but uh that ho- <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty hilarious it though, is hilarious that song i i, I can tell you this now because this will air after the climbing the walls episode i gave that song a 10, which is only the ninth uh, perfect score that I've given. And at this point, we're in the 240s, 240s of, of episodes. Dang. So uh, I love that song, dude. You know how many I times too, we too. play that in yeah. different formations and all over the place because I just fucking love that song. Yeah, man. I listen to it frequently still. And I'm, you know, I'm not even a huge, uh, you know, Giants fan. So it's like it seeped its way into my brain. It will never leave. Yeah, God, and I was breaking down the how good the chord progression is with with my guest, and just kind of like walking through it. Like even though I knew how to play it on the keyboards, like going through 
It's in three different keys for sure, and there's. I mean, it's in it's in D minor, and then the relative or D yeah D minor, and then the relative major, the B flat, but then it also has the F uh, major part as well, and then some other like accidentals and stuff. So it's like all over the place. But I was breaking down like the hardest part to sing is the and you sing oh yeah. my teeth, and that part I sang it horribly just now. I'm in ho- I'm afraid of screaming through the wall at my neighbors in this hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who are probably in some sort of drugs, so who knows what they would think it would be. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> the devil is yelling at me through the wall. Uh, the the way the interval climbs there, it starts out... Well, the, the high note is the same. Bum, 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 bum. And it's like a seventh, that last one. Yeah. That last interval down. It's a seventh, a major seventh down, which is like... Not a fun interval to well, not an easy interval to sing, but I was love that part. I do too. I, I also really love, and I know that we're not talking about the song, but briefly, just like I know you climb the walls, so I already come out, so uh, you guys, it's fresh in your head. But the way that the chords are played in that, every one of them on the uh, whatever synth has heavy vibrato on it, anytime that's led into it, it's like mm-hmm. each finger is laid down intentionally, uh, kind of like mm-hmm. slowly, like the chord kind of builds itself every time uh, that goes down and the vibrato timing uh, is really good. It's just like, it's like, is that something that you plan or is that something you just kind of discover in the mix? That's a good question. I mean, Linnell's kind of uh, from, from everything I've heard about, about him. And I mean, from inside sources like Danny Weinkoff, their bassist has said like Flans is the guy who is into gear and we'll talk amps and we'll be looking at pedals all the time and all this stuff and, you know, modding his pickups on his guitar, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Where, where Linnell is just like, give me a keyboard that works. Hey, just give me something that I can play. Like, he's he's concerned about, not that he's not concerned about, like, what patch he's going to use or something fitting well in a song, but he's not the guy that, like, you know, basically Danny was like, if you ever get him on the show, like, Flans will talk like tech with you. He'll talk gear. While Linnell, if you try to talk about like synthesizers, he'll be like, "I don't know, man." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, I t- so it you know it's hard to say like how much was like you know you know Pat Dillett I think was the producer in that one. Uh, I don't think that was one of the Dust Brothers ones. I'd have to check. Um, yeah, I don't think that was one of the Dust Brothers ones. But uh, it, so who knows if it was him like really dialing that in. Or if, like, he found something close and then the producers were like, oh, we'll do a little bit of this or we'll sync it with this or the vibrato or whatever. Double track vocals. Love it. Um, mm-hmm. I think I told the story maybe the last time I was on the podcast, but I called him once. I called Linnell. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when you were working for uh, Guitar, Guitar Center. Center. Yeah, and his voicemail was just him reading his phone number back to you. But unmistakably him. <laughs> You should have recorded it. Nah. We'll play his voicemail message that gives his phone number out to the entire listening audience of this podcast. I'm sure they could sue um, me for just telling you that I did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's a good thing thousands of people don't listen to this podcast. Well, sometimes they do, but you're not a famous guest, so I think you're okay. Yeah, it's probably true. Also, <laughs> uh, that company has been bought and sold several times since I worked there, so... Yeah. No one cares. That's all sorts of... Did you hear that Moog just got bought? That could be troubling. Yeah, Behringer's been making dope stuff 
regardless. So I think that they they've kind of taken over as as making the mm. what people are thinking of bread and butter yeah. synth today. But yeah, yeah, I'm not sure who brought. Behringer, it wasn't Behringer that brought that bought Moog, is it? It was just some like giant venture capitalist company with some nameless. Yeah, but or not nameless, but faceless. Luckily, we've still got um, Behringer cranking out two hundred dollar versions of uh, stuff for us. Yeah, yeah, you know the the that name brand is what's. Ex- I mean, that's why I got a Juno instead of a Moog is because even I mean in two thousand I bought the Juno for three hundred dollars and now they're going for like. Four to six thousand dollars. Um, I mean, mine's in good working order because I've put some money into it over the years. But it—I'm never selling it. But the reason I got it is because I wanted a Moog Prodigy, and those were like seven or eight hundred dollars. Which at the time I was nineteen years old, and my mom was like, yeah, "I'll get you a keyboard for Christmas. What do you want?" And I'm like, "How about this?" No, that's too much. So I kept looking on Vintage Synth Explorer until I found something that sounded cool. And this is pre-YouTube. Can just be like, sure. Can some YouTuber tell me which synth is cool and then demonstrate it for me? Thank you. Like, no, it was, you know, the, the, it was a desktop computer plugged into the wall. You know, maybe we had Ethernet, but I'm just like reading descriptions of stuff and like listening to some like MP3s. Probably, <laughs> I don't even know. But I made the right choice, I think, because yeah, and a lot more. Oct- more octaves got six voice polyphony i mean i'd still love to have a moog i mean they still have that unmistakable sound but not a necessity and the juno has been more uh it's more versatile synth for sure yeah it definitely seems like it's definitely fit you yeah i i've put it to good use yeah. though the most recent fix i had to do uh wiped the memory oh. um so the the battery in there i can't believe it would have lasted for I mean, I've had it for 23 years, and I think I had two previous owners before me. Oh, is it a CR2032? Manufacturing them. What's that? Was it with flat battery? Some kind of thing. So I, I only let Spectrum Sound in Indianapolis touch it because no one else. I you think I'm going <laughs> to. Hey, guys, hey, stoners at McGuire's Music, why don't you crack this open and take a peek? Yeah. No. Probably not. <laughs> Hey, Guitar Center, why don't you crack this? No. So, Spectrum Sound, I don't know if you've ever been there. They've I been there since the 60s. They're like, yeah, it's a cool joint. Like, if you need, like, your tube amp fix, that's where you take it. Your mixer, your whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. They don't sell anything. They don't even work on instruments, really. It's just anything with speakers or microchips. <laughs> I don't even know. So, I've, I've had to take it there twice. The first time was, like, there was a problem with the noise floor. This was, like... 2010 or something 2011 the noise floor was like all off and there was just like it was constant humming because you know it's an analog synth so you plug it in if there's electricity going through it yeah it's it might hum it's it's gonna want to make a sound (laughs) right right. so even without pressing any keys it was playing a six note chord just a random (laughs) cluster of notes Shows us like this. It's not super helpful. Like this little, like ghostly, like kind of like demon sound, just like, <laughs> just like not super loud, but like made it really unusable. <laughs> and you so, sampled it though, right? Gotta. I was on. What's that? You sampled that though, right? You have that that ghostly six note chord somewhere. I think I worked it into a song somewhere. I actually wrote a whole song about being on hold with Roland because it was a very long phone call. So 
<laughs> I actually sampled the hold music that they were using, which was hilarious to me. I don't even remember what it sounded like right now. But and then I wrote lyrics to the hold music. Incredible. <laughs> and put a drum beat to it, I think. I don't remember what it was. It was some like smooth, cheesy thing. So I was on the phone with Roland, like America Roland. They were they didn't know what to do with it. They're like, wait, what? The Juno 60? We haven't made that since 84. What? Like, and then, let me send you over to this person. Um, no, I don't know what that could be. Send over to this person. You know, like, I I had opened it and used, like, deoxidation stuff and, like, canned air to kind of just, like, clean it out, like they suggested. So I, I saw what it looked like on the inside, but I didn't feel comfortable doing much more than that. And eventually, after me explaining it, what was wrong with it, to, like, six people, like, oh... Okay, this thing with the noise floor, you're gonna need this part. We don't have that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Roland Japan might have it. Okay. <laughs> How do I talk to them? And so they actually talked to them for me and got this part and it was like six weeks or something. They got That's impressive the part though. Came in. It's imp- it's that? impressive that they got it for you. I know. They got me this part that hasn't been manufactured since the eighties. And <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> It's, it's crazy, yeah, and so it came to me in the mail, and then I took all that to Spectrum in Indianapolis. I was in Bloomington at the time, and they they fixed it. But then this most recent problem was the, the battery in the digital uh, portion of the synth, the memory part, and they're like, yeah, it's an easy fix. It's it's only going to be, like, parts and labor, it's only going to be like 150 bucks, but you're going to lose all of your patches that you created, and... There, I mean, stuff all the way back to when I first got it, like, in college. Like, lonely bachelor nights, you know, twiddling with my synthesizer knobs in the dorm room. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> trying to, uh, <laughs> trying uh, to cue in, like, rentals tones and Moog sure. cookbook and all these classic sounds and Who records. Like, trying to get the Bob O'Reilly synths and all that. And uh, so there's stuff saved on there, but it was kind of nice to be like, okay, let's just blank canvas start start over because anytime i'd record something i might start with one of my patches but i'd change it like every i'd always customize stuff to a song and uh all the song all the sounds on there were created by me because when i bought it used it did not come with the data cassette that you could load on the sounds like that had that oh wow didn't have yeah, that. yeah yeah i oh and they didn't have the manual but i tracked down someone on vintage synth explorer so keep in mind this is the year 2000 I was on, like, the message boards for this <laughs> nerdy synth website and found someone who had it, and they photocopied it and sent me a paper copy clipped, like, 50 papers, like, in a manila envelope in the physical mail to huh. me. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> it really was. Oh, boy, I was just listening to some podcasts about MySpace. It was really fucking taking me back. So we are going back to around this era, though. Surprisingly, segues into Homestar Runner times. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking about my long storied relationship with Homestar Runner. Because I think it's kind of hard to talk about this song as a song. Because 13, 13, approximately 13% of the lyrics in this song is the word speed mails. Uh, it's a fanfare of sorts it's really just announcing there's 84 spoken words in this song and uh, (laughs) 13% of them are speed mails Uh, (laughs) 
but I think it is more important to, to kind of discuss it as a, like a part of the the Homestar Runner canon. Sure, you know what I mean. Because on the wiki, some interesting things pop out to me. First of all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it looks like a, you know the 99th female song uh, Linnell did. Uh, of course, a classic for Homestars. Because uh, they kind of were hinting that they were going to wrap it up at 100, and then they didn't. Uh, but it looks <laughs> in the <Not> even close. <laughs> the wiki says that uh, Chapman planned to ask Linnell to do a song for the 199th, uh, as he had for the 99th, and then it didn't happen. So Linnell just sent 200 emails in case they wanted it. And I kind of love that, <laughs> where he's just like, hey, jerks, we had an appointment. It's time. You're getting a song. <laughs> Make a speed bail. You're getting it. And there's no way around it. And it is great. And it establishes that the Pooh Smith has a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah. The the Poop Smith. I'm wondering how much more we need to talk about Homestar Runner. Because Homestar was talked about when I did the experimental film episode. But that was like two and a half years ago. Maybe three. Uh because you've seen that the music video, right? The, of course. The, the, the home star did. It was yeah. uh, it, Amazing uh, video. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure we talked about home star as a thing. But this one is more like... Experimental film was that They Might Be Giant song that home star helped with. Yes. This, uh, this is like a home star thing that They Might Be Giants helped with. So it's like the opposite way, like... You know, Linnell probably cranked the song out in like a half hour. Sure. And uh they put it on their thing and it works it works perfectly for the occasion. But it's it's uh you know, the Homestar guys, they were doing most of the work and they might be giants contributed as in experimental film, it's vice versa. Yeah, it's I think it's it is it is fascinating when you just think about how some creative minds really gravitate toward each other because it's very strange that they might be giants and Homestar Runner just like if you zoom out, have like a very long history of collaborating and like being fans of each other's work. But then you just kind of see, oh, these are very similar creative minds at work here, it seems. Uh, right. And then you see, uh, you know, I really actually enjoyed that other song that you sent, uh, Crystal Fortress. I know, right? I think that's the better song. It. I think it is. <laughs> I think we buried the lead here a little bit. <laughs> I hope it's not in the title for the episode. I hope that <laughs> there'll be a slash in there slash. But yeah, that song is really fun. And it, I think that that is the perfect marriage of the, the giants, uh, home star kind of comedy music relationship. I don't know. Yeah. So when, so, so on my iTunes, just, you know, the only actual music files I have on my computer are maybe stuff that is my music. And then they might be giant stuff, and they might be giants covers, and uh, so my iTunes is just full of. Well, let's see if I go. Okay, if I'm my iTunes, they might be giants. 154 albums. Okay, okay. that's not accurate. Uh, two two thousand three hundred and sixty six songs uh, in my iTunes attributed to they might be giants. So, 154 albums. I mean, there's a lot of bootlegs in there. Sure. Uh, live albums, stuff that's labeled poorly or whatever, but a lot of They Might Be Giant stuff in here. And when I searched for 
you know, you just give it a two zero zero S B, and then you know, yeah. What other word starts with S B? None yeah. ever. Uh, so it pops, it pops up, and it's got the one cover we're gonna talk about. It's got the two hundred females with the actual uh, album art for uh, that, and then cast your pod even more to the wind. A fan compilation. So okay, so there's the else. The else bonus disc, Cast Your Pod to the Wind. And this is a fan compilation they put together uh, called Cast Your Pod Even More to the Wind. I don't even know who I got this from. Someone in the fandom uh, was like, hey, anybody want this? So then I got it. And it has a file called 200 Speedmails Crystal Fortress. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's 2 minutes and 49 seconds. So uh, this... I f- I feel like we should talk more about 200 females, but then I feel like I'm just going to have to play, like I'm going to have to drop a pretty healthy clip of that in for people because I think it's fairly unknown. I would, you know, I really love being the niche guy for you. Uh, Bring me out for the the 42 seconds that nobody's ever heard of. Um, 200 females is, is kind of a fan favorite. Like, the album races new and troubling questions. Like they've released a lot of like they might be giants have released compilations like greatest hits compilations, all that kind of stuff, you know, periodically. But this one is kind of different in that like it's 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 a more essential kind of compilation because it's more like you know B sides and rarities kind of compilation than just like here's songs you already have on other stuff. So a lot of people have this, and even people that are way too young for Homestar Runner. Have, well, they've gotten into Homestar Runner through the MIP Giants, and they probably know 200 females. Like, people that are dorky enough to be listening to a podcast about the MIP Giants, they probably know 200 females, and they're probably excited to see it pop up in their feed and be like, Oh my god, I didn't know they were going to do that song as an episode. I, well, legit- is. I legitimately texted many people in my lives being like, I can't tell you how pleased I am to be talking about Homestar Runner and the MIP Giants. <laughs> And to be the guy for that. Um, You're the guy. <laughs> like, You're that's, the guy. A, that's a real thing. <laughs> I had the first two volumes of Homestar Runner on DVD. I had the shirt with the star on it. I wore to school that nobody else got. Oh, beautiful. So, like, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true fan. Uh, my strong bad impression, impression, my strong bad impression is one of the first things that got, that got me uh, friends with Hans, actually. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Hans is a fan of, of Homestar somehow, even though he's older than both of us. Yep. He's, he's very old, and I hope he's listening. <laughs> he will. <laughs> he will because we've slandered him, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> what's up, Hans? Uh, so so what, what, what's the story there? Not that anyone here knows. I mean, Hans has not been on the show as a guest, but yeah. Frank Muffin is on the upcoming comp. You guys were on the very first live episode with three songs, sure. uh, and uh, so there, there's a connection there. But how did how, I'm not? A, how did this? I'm trying to imagine how this story happened that you got to know him by doing a strongman impression. I didn't really get to know him. But it was like one of the first things I, I remember doing that made him laugh a lot because uh, we met. Ah, at, okay. But like it was like you know I was doing a strongman impression for another person that we knew that was there, and this is before I was like. Way before I was in a band with them, uh, before I had like performed with them, I think is when we were just knew each other at Lafayette Live, and I went like, "I don't know, little girl, do you take off your hands and face before you go to sleep?" 
yeah, and he started you take cracking off your up gloves and mask. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Delete it. Yeah. Uh, so like. Uh, I think there's there's so many classic quotes, but the I mean I think probably my favorite line is this from the beginning of uh, the Trogdor email. I can't remember. It's like uh, he does this sings this little tune about uh, check my email, and I hope it's from a female. <laughs> check my email. I hope it's from a female. Yeah, <laughs> is that from the Trogdor one? I think it is. Yeah, that's probably why I've that latched onto that. I heard that so many times. You know, uh, they're coming out with a new a new video game. What? Yeah, it's a new Homestar-based video game is coming out soon, and uh, oh my god, that's what I'm here to plug. Is it, um, is it like, uh, is it a mobile <laughs> game, or it's not like for like for like Switch, is it? I'm pulling up the website right now, and I'm going to tell you what it is. Strong Bad shares an unreleased Homestar Runner video game on Trogdor's 20th birthday. So uh, if you check oh, out, man. there is a special edition of Peasants Quest that just came out. Uh, <laughs> Peasants. <laughs> So I just like, I have to imagine there's some people watching that don't really understand that like video comes in different formats other than like what plays on YouTube. And there used to be a format called flash that was like frame by frame animation, very simple programmed into the HTML, the website, which is why yeah. it doesn't work flash? primarily. Why it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. They, they, they gave it the X Adobe gave it the X. Uh, Flash was actually talked about not that long ago because there's a song called Renew My Subscription that is uh, another kind of rare like B-side track. It came out around the spine. Actually, the vinyl reissue of the spine has it on it. Uh, but originally it was on venue songs. And uh, Linnell, when they were on tour um, around then, or maybe it was a little bit after that, they released a video like after the fact for it. Uh, Linnell decided to learn Flash on the tour bus like while they were on tour and made this this funny little video for this renew my subscription song you'd you'd like it it is very early internet kind of basic flash animation it's pretty fun so flash has been has actually been discussed uh, just like a couple months ago um but yeah like pre-youtube it's so hard for people to think about these days like well what like, it's even for me like talking about the juno there i'm like Oh, yeah. Like, these days, like, you're going to buy a guitar pedal. You're like, well, let's listen to some dude, like, play it a little bit. Yeah. You know? I, I, I do that kind of sh shit back then. Homestar Runner gave lit layers of content because it was a Flash thing that you could watch, but also click on. Like, there's Easter yeah. eggs hidden in the scenes that you could click on. And it was, like, kind of the first, like, oh, man, this is layers of stuff going on here. Even though it's, like very simple and silly there was like more to it than what they were showing you uh and i think the yeah, humor was kind of that man. way too i i'm sure i missed a lot of that stuff at the time because my memories of homestar runner the the place that i viewed it the most was in the computer lab oh, sure in the music building at augustana college <laughs> and so this is like this was a computer lab that um had i think eight computers and like a student and a helper would like sit at the desk and it had the Macs that were the the iMacs like the big bubbly oh the colorful colors ones the yeah. clear ones I remember those I can't remember what they called that model but Awful. so it had all these different color looking Macs like they were the only Macs on the whole campus or in the music department we had um you remember zip disks oh of course big I old remember zip disks fat fat flat well, 
It's so funny calling floppy disks floppy. I was when I was in elementary school, floppy disks were the big the seven inch, five and a half inch, five and yeah, half, whatever seven they inch were, floppies. five and a half inch something like actual floppy disks with the hole in the middle, and then they be floppy disks were then the harder three and whatever inch ones. Yeah, but then they had the, briefly these zip disks. So did did you actually use those like in high school or something? Yeah, I mean, we had we still had zip disk really? stuff left over in my computer lab in high school, but I went to a there school that had 86 people in my graduating class and surrounded by cornfields on three sides. Carroll County, baby. Yeah. So uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I learned to, I learned to use an analog video switching board there too. Oh cool. Wild. Um, I'm currently looking up how much storage was on a zip disk because at the time it was like these things are huge. You'll never fill it with your with your silly text documents. A <laughs> uh, hundred megabytes. Oh my god! Let's see here. I'm looking at the zip disk. You, you Wikipedia can still buy page them right on now. Amazon. Fujifilm hundred megabyte zip disk, eighteen dollars. Well, you why might, would you? Why you might, you might um, be able to buy that, but you, I don't think you can find a zip disk drive. That it took its own drive type. Yeah, let, let's 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 find out. External zip disk <laughs> Even typing zip is like going to confuse things because we yeah. use that word for other things now. Which is wild that even that's becoming outdated. Oh, here we go. Oh, wow. I Omega zip oh, disk drive. One star on Amazon. Oh, wait, let's see this one. Oh, it's purple. Okay. It looks great. Yeah, it, you're looking at it too? Okay. It looks like a... bucks. I'll tell you, it's two ninety five. First of all. The one I'm looking at. I, the the brand, one I'm looking at. Two oh one forty six. Well, I'm brand new in box because why fuck around with anything else? <laughs> um, but secondly, uh, it's purple like a like a N64 controller. And that's like very indicative it, of its time period. And I love that. It, it really... Yeah, it really is. Everything was wacky, like very curved, yeah, colored. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, it does <laughs> kind of look like something Nintendo would have put out at the time. I had a Windows Millennium Edition computer that looked a little bit like that. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So Flash uh, was this thing that ran on the internet back in the day. That's what we were talking about. Um, right. <laughs> And, and it, Homestar Runner utilized it. Yes, and one of the really great things about Homestar Runner, in my opinion, is that when they went to DVD, they learned that DVD menu pages can provide a lot of the same kind of Easter egg stuff that yeah. Flash did. So at, at at the end of every speed mail on the DVD, they and sometimes in the middle of a speed mail. It would like kind of secretly show you a DVD menu. It was this is the way it was coded. Show you menu options that were hidden behind like trees or like a bush that you had to click mm. on or like mm-hmm. when Strong Sad says something you have to click. And, but it'll show you like the the paper will pop down and it'll tell you like a little anecdote or it'll like link you to another video that's unlisted or something like that. It's kind of very yeah. very cool that they found a way to integrate that flash stuff into the DVD. A lost yeah, art. I something about like, I mean, I wouldn't call that early internet, but like mid period internet stuff. It's where some of the first like polished get merch. creative because of limitations of stuff, and then yeah, and then like converting it, and now you can go see all the emails on YouTube, but and all the other stuff, but you can't click 
on the stuff. Yeah, and they, they actively tell you that you're missing out on that. And uh, it kind of makes me sad. But I do appreciate that uh, it was there, you know. I oh, uh, put out a video for Happy 20th Strong Day. Yeah. Strong Bad sings on vinyl? What? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, oh, this was an old thing. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Man, this is red... Black splatter vinyl. Oh my god, this thing's fucking badass. So thirty bucks. What's on here? So I'm looking at this uh, Crystal Fortress. I'm looking at Crystal Fortress, and I want to know: Do you know where the animation came from that this is for? That's using in the video that you sent me. Oh, god. Uh, let's see. Do I have internet on my computer right now? It's a lot harder for me to click around. There, it's, let's see. It says. Let's see. Uh, what does the trivia say? Yeah, because I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about this or not. I hadn't delved as much into it. Let's see. Crystal Fortress. And I feel like at this point, I'm going to drop in a chunk of this stuff. So it, it this file on this bootleg Castropod more to the wind. It's got the 42 seconds females and then some uh, talking, like an episode yeah. of Homestar. And then it goes into another song. And um, Strong Bad hilariously reacts to the song, so I'm gonna put that in here. Mm, french fries. Mm, yeah, they're good. Gee, Davey, Strong Bad always seems so hostile. I bet he doesn't even know how much everybody loves him. Nope, nope, I don't think so either. Nope. I've written a song I think will make Strong Bad understand. Oh. I'm gonna sing it. Uh -huh. I already don't like the sound of this one. Oh, vomiting goosing. Come down from your crystal fortress, oh strong bad. What? A unicorn awaits at a rainbow bridge. Unicorns? Who, who are you? Her head is bowed and a tiny tear traces these words in the dew. Where are you, whiny Please weasels? come down from your crystal fortress. Strong Please bad. come down from your crystal fortress. Shut Please up. come down from your crystal fortress. Throw me a squealing guitar! You get french fries, and you get french fries, but you don't get french fries. That's right, you get french fries, and you get french fries, but you don't get the french fries. You get the french fries, but you get the french fries, but you don't get french fries. Unchain your trembling hopes and dreams, you're done. The love you deny is the key that will melt the lock. I'll melt your face. Our golden shining spirits Ooh. will all join hands and sing. Please come down from your crystal fortress. No. Please come down from your crystal fortress. I'm not coming down Please from come no down place. From your crystal fortress. Strong bad. Strong bad. Shut up. I'm not gonna throw a brick at your cellist. YouTube video here. Let me let me it's, click over here. The uh, <laughs> French fries. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, cause it's not. It's not Homestar. Yeah, I'm looking at the YouTube channel. I'm kind of like. It just seems like a repost that this guy uploaded from somewhere else, and I'm just trying to figure out 
you know, because the animation's kind of fun. It's yeah. A fun, it's, a, it's not a bad video to look at. Um, <laughs> the song comes from okay. They Might Be Giants Podcast 37A. So yep. this is, it looks like... 2008. It looks like it maybe wasn't powered by mm. the cheat music video. What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm on the Homestar wiki. I'm, yeah, I'm going through. Yeah. Davey attempts to call a strong bed from his crystal fortress, but the Wrestleman has got some countermeasures. Davey, Stave, strong bed, unicorn, Eddie man, kids. Yeah. So I, uh, I clicked through to the powered by the cheat music videos and it looks like just like from a meta context it looks like a way to just kind of make individual videos for music songs for like music based kind of videos okay. uh, with like collaborations with people um i see they might be giants i see uh let's see here who else is listed as collaborator the cheats theme song everybody to the limit classic strong bad song that's that's yeah everybody to the limit that's a good one <laughs> Oh man, actually, uh, I think maybe it was just like a, a label that they used for all the music stuff because it looks like. Okay. Maybe it was a compilation of some sort powered by the cheat. Gotcha. I'm currently looking up this one other little tidbit on this females page. Well, I can tell you uh, that I had a cheat plushie <clears throat> and we did kick it often. Nice. <laughs> Don't kick the cheat. Uh, okay, so the, it's email thunder, right? Okay, so the two on the strong bad email. Um, uh, yeah, so the Poopsmith, uh, his voice is revealed, and Linnell is the voice actor. 100%. So, uh, since he sings the song, and it says Linnell would reprise his role as the Poopsmith in the April Fool's 2016 cartoon Marzipan's Answering Machine, volume 17.2. Had you found this? Because I'm just like looking for it right now. I hadn't thought to do that. No, my internet's better, but so I will look for it for us and uh, link it to you. Yeah, I'm seeing a thing that's a half hour long. So it's Mars Payne's answering machine number 17. So I imagine it's it's within that. Yeah. I but, went. Uh, I went to. Uh, I went to the source. Strong Bad tries to leave the ultimate prank call, only to find that Mars Payne's answering machine is full of seven years worth of messages. Came out in 2016. Strong yeah. Bad. Strong Bad leaves a message that's 31 minutes and nine seconds long. <laughs> so it is that long. Yeah, Strong Bad, my friend. You gotta like get some help. <laughs> so so I'll have to find a, a a bit that has. Well, I'll just need to find where the Poopsmith comes in. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, yeah. I'm emailing it to you right now. Not the Poopsmith thing, yeah. but just the link. Um, I'll find it. That sounds like a fun watch, just in general. There you go. I'm. Uh, I'll figure it out. Yeah, th they really, they really had something going there for a while, and I think that I read up on the brothers' chaps a little bit. You know, just did the Wikipedia scan, uh, mm -hmm. and it looks like they've done a lot of great work for Nickelodeon, doing writing and kind of producing and stuff. And yeah, there have been times I've seen people with like Homestar Runner tattoos and like T-shirts and stuff on in public, and it still makes me happy that it's like. Still has a place for for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean it. It really was. It occupied its own weird space in 
that time in the internet, there really wasn't anything like that. I mean, just because of the amount of work that those guys had to do, like, I've I've listened to podcasts about Homestar Runner. I don't sure. know how much they were. I think it was a Tech Stuff podcast as, uh, that uh, Jonathan Strickland, he's been on this show. He's friends with those dudes, too. And uh, he talked a little bit about them in an episode about Flash, I think. And just went on a little like thing about Homestar and how much work those guys had to do. Like, yeah, Flash is like a simple thing, but like as far as like producing content, yeah, weekly. Like we talked today, like content creators. Like, okay, am I a content creator? I guess like content. That's just such a vague term. It is, but, but like, like they were content creators twenty years ago, uh, in a time when it was much harder to make and distribute your content over the internet. Yeah, I'm on the the Homestar Runner website right now, and it's it's it looks good. But I just remember back in the day being amazed that it's like, oh, these are this isn't like Disney or like Nickelodeon that's making this. This is just some guys. Like it's a whole bunch of people. Uh, you know, I I, le- I yeah I found out you know you know as I got older and learned how production worked. But uh, just in reality, that it was an independent project that. Mm-hmm. really is still alive and still in the cultural consciousness is like that's those are some guys that really saw a niche on the internet or a niche in culture and it's like i i'm very happy to see that it's been nuts it, it's still still uh relevant for some people yeah and something about the the style of of humor and comedy and I mean, it kind of it kind of slotted in in its animation style wasn't too far off from where like South Park's animation style was at the time. Yeah, uh, like it, there's a similar kind of vibe to it, but Homestar is a lot more. Um, I mean, it's a cartoon that's not made for kids, but it's also not super obscene just for the just like South Park, just like to offend or whatever. Like so many things are these days. But uh, it was just like it was simple. There's con- some conceptual humor. Weird going on that too. kind of comedy where like not everyone's gonna get it, and that's why yeah. the people that like it, we kind of like that not everyone gets it. You know, it's that kind of off kilter. Uh, you know, like uh, just like weirdo comedy. You know, it's not for the mainstream, and that's what made it cooler to us. But geeks. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm on the website right now, and I, if you go to their download section currently, you can still get. All of the sound packs and stuff I love from the website, oh, like the sound damn. effects and like button <laughs> sounds and stuff you can download. But also, they have their all of their music is still downloadable in the the interfaces in ATM. Amazing. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> back in the day when you had to make your own yeah. website, your own platform that worked every day. And I assume that they had a pretty good amount of traffic, especially for the internet at the time. Everybody, oh, yeah. everybody I knew that was on the internet at the time knew about Homestar Runner. So it's like, I feel like in my very small circle sampling, you know, at least in the message boards I was on, there had to be like thousands of requests to that website a day. That's not easy to make a website that works. And especially no. when you make it yourself from the ground up, like I'm... And they had different, like, you know, as you know, Strong Bad Emails had different layouts for, like, the menu, different days of the week. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, they they would change up the, the voice line read on, you know, like, every time you hover over a button, it tells you what it does. And the voice line read would change several <laughs> times in. It's like, that's that's attention to detail. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. That was a lot of work. I mean, do you know, you're saying, like, how many, you know, in the height of their powers... 
How many people did did the brothers have like working on that with them? Do you know that that kind of stuff? I don't, but I actually was gonna take a look at the Google Trends right now for Homestar Runner and just kind of see if we could see what some traffic was like, or if that's pre yeah. pre trends. I mean, I'll tell you, we were watching a shitload of it back in the day in the <laughs> at Augustana, and uh, I mean, I would I would watch it in the dorm room too. But lots of times we would just gather around a computer in the computer lab and watch it. I mean, and that also just seems like such a weird thing these days too, where everyone's got their own fucking computer in their pocket. Oh sure, and they're just flipping through TikTok videos or whatever. You know, they might like, hey, look at this, and show it to their friend. But we had, it was like eight people crowded around a desktop computer watching these little just like five minute cartoons about like the, the stupidest, most hilarious shit. I can tell you that at the time at which Google's data pre- data starts in 2004, it's already peaking. Because uh, mm. in 2004, it looks to be a very hot search term up until like 2012. So, wow. yeah, like a nationally recognized search term. And, you know, that's like just for, you know, just for nerdy stuff like brand recognition. If you think about that, like that's kind of incredible that they're not mm-hmm. doing anything gross and they're in that much public consciousness. Yeah, it's it's not just some like totally Soulless, obscene or shocking thing. or just like trolling kind of weird viral thing. I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, they picked good names, too. Like, it's just such, it's so weirdly named. Like, I remember people first telling me about it. like, Homestar Runner? What does that even is, mean? Is there like, two what, R's what in is it? That? Is it two, right, is two right, R's? Because the Homestar and the Runner would, yeah. would smash into each other. I, I was guilty of that, too, putting two R's at the end of Homestar. Homestar Runner and Strong Bad, Strong Sad. I'm like, what does this mean? Like, what is it? Like, I think it, it made it very searchable. Didn't it all come out of a, uh, the, this was a pitch for like an animated project that, that maybe, or like a, like character design sheets, I think for an animated project. I think so. That, I think so. That it was on its way to somewhere else I, and they just kind of like, were like, eh, we can do it ourselves. Yeah. But I'm still not really sure why they called, like how they came up with the names of the characters. Cause like it would have been a lot harder to search for it if it's, it was just like. Joe, the boxing glove man. <laughs> you know, it's like strong bad. Like strong bad looks like a weird it is. combination it's, of things. Like that's a name? Okay. But like <laughs> the the simplicity in the name and like the the minimalism in some of the comedy, it's also a very like clean animation. Like Flash Flash is very good at like solid color fill kind of shapes. Yep. And so like yep. simple names, kind of simple shapes and stuff. It's but it's like the 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 appeal had to come in the cleverness of it and just kind of the thumb in their nose that like we know this is jank like r- right now on their website it says uh for some uh their flash adaptation uh not every cartoon and game works perfectly fine so just be patient and expect some jankiness here while we keep a working yep so like yeah, it's like they're still, um, I mean, they came up in the era where, you know, sometimes you'd go to your favorite website and it'd be down, and you'd, but you'd go back the next day and you'd, it would be back up again, you know. And there wouldn't be a like, way, there's no, that, there's no way to figure out, sometimes things would just disappear off the internet and you'd be like, where did that go? No one will ever know. 
Mm-hmm. What things have and I forgotten? I'll go back on the way. Uh, I'll go on the way back machine. Oh, pre pre <laughs> pre way back machine. This this Crystal Fortress song though is so like Strong Bad's reactions to it are just so fucking hilarious because it's like you know Linnell's singing and it's just like uh, he's like shut up he's just like singing along yeah <laughs> and uh, throw me a squealy guitar and then it- <laughs> oh yeah the limousine stuff which limousine is their in universe like cheesy eighties metal band yep. Yeah, and then they're at the end there too. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a uh, you 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 don't get French fries. You get French fries. They might be giants. He gets no French fries. <laughs> <laughs> it looks I, it looks I, like this I, I thought, oh I thought you were done. Can I can we can we talk for a minute? We've been talking for long minutes, but uh, many minutes. Uh, but <laughs> I want to I want to touch on the cover of uh, Two Hundred Females. Oh, the, you mean the one that got sent to us? Yes, the one that got sent to us. I want. Oh, of course we're of course we're going to talk about this. So, I talk, talk homework about party. Yes, is, is the the uh, artist name uh, for Joel Shaughnessy. Joel Shaughnessy is a member of the covers crew. And uh, let me find uh, if I can find in the Facebook thread of the covers crew. He, he, I think he did it on the Fourth of July or something. He he, oh, how did he phrase it? think about he's strong bad is patriotic where where's this can i even find this yeah the covers crew facebook thread is just so uh i enjoy his website i enjoy his website a great deal whose website uh your your cover oh uh joel's yes uh Uh, the one he has this hosted on is is very fun it's very yes. very uh, strong, bad, uh, reminiscent. So, uh, okay, here I find it, and then and then we can let's do it. Let's see. Uh, oh wait, that's not it. God damn it! Uh, I have it up for me here. So what? No, I'm looking oh. in like my Facebook messages with. I'm trying to remember what Joel said when he posted this. Okay, yeah, a bunch of people were like, because this was kind of, uh, we were kind of squeezing this episode in here, and then... Sure, sure. Yeah, Bri- Bryce, the guy who gave me the hookups to them, is like, dang it, I would love to do females, but I'm traveling this week. Another, Carrie, oh, females is fun. And everyone's trying to get each other to do it, but Joel's the only one that came it's- through with it. And then, uh, let's see, when he turned it in... Oh, we were trying to come up with names for the upcoming charity compilation, and one guy suggested, Troubling Questions raises new compilation. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, why can't I find this? Okay. Well, let's go ahead and listen to Homework Party, uh, 200 females. And here I just finally found it. In the spirit of USA independence, I've uploaded 39 seconds of snare rolls and flute trills celebrating the upcoming... 15th anniversary of 200 females.
what'd you think? It is awesome and wild and overwhelming, right. and I love it. <laughs> I that's kind of Joel's mo. Like he uh, he always fucking brings it. I could not imagine. I could. I don't think you could take it up any more notches. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, all the notches. It's done really well, and uh, I yeah. have to say that like knowing that you're one of the few people that have covered that to like its fullest extent is probably a very satisfying feeling. I yeah, I couldn't find anything else. I don't know if you went ahead and looked, but I couldn't find. I mean, and it's a searchable name because yeah, B-mails is not an actual word. C- uh, certainly, so nobody stuff else would pop up. You know, I, I mean, it's mainly like YouTube search. You know, like I'd find just like a million uploads, like people just uploading and re-uploading the, the two hundred B-mails yeah. episode and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, email thunder and all that. So, as far as I can tell, searching Bandcamp, SoundCloud, just Googling it, like, this, uh, I think Joel created the only cover of this song, which is kind of crazy, just because also, like, when there's crossover like this, yeah. you might see someone who's just, like, a Homestar Runner fan, like, playing it on the ukulele or whatever, but no. Mm. I think that maybe ties back to it, you know, not to, not to be uh, doing too many uh, callbacks to myself, but it is really just... Uh, more a Homestar lore than a song. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's kind of more interesting as that than a song. And I think that the fact that it's been covered kind of make me, makes the song itself more interesting. I'll be honest with you, for me. gives It, it gives it legitimacy. More than that, it's just <laughs> like, you know, that it, it, it gives me hope that both of those fandoms are going to live forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I, I'm also noticing that someone has tabbed out Crystal Fortress. <laughs> I did see that. Who is this person? Dig, Dignan. If, <laughs> if you click on user Dignan. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> yes. It just says yes. yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's their first and only tab, I'm guessing. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It, I mean, it, it makes it makes sense. I'm looking at it. It makes sense. <laughs> like I, I'm kind of sight reading it in my head right now, and I mean, it's it's yeah, it's music. I mean, it seems reasonable. I mean, yeah. S- some of these staffs are missing a couple of strings, but so there's no there's no live versions of this song, of course. But which is funny though, because they've actually performed live with. Homestar, like yeah, yeah. Was this also the renew your subscription episode? Like the one of the brothers behind something with the Homestar puppet, like live. They've done that live. They've done a studio like improv session thing with them live. It's it's kind of surprising actually that like where are these dudes I based? Feel like, like when they might be. I saw something are they based in Atlanta. I think they're in Atlanta. There's a reaction video to the Crystal Fortress on YouTube. Which I love. Somebody, there's a re- there is there's a reaction video from. Uh, oh my god! Incredible. I need to find this. Um, but I was looking here because I felt like somewhere in my research for this episode, I saw them on stage, the chaps and they might be giants, uh, mm-hmm. together, and it seemed like they were insinuating that it was from like maybe a live thing that didn't get a lot of uh, rec- they didn't get recorded. 
time. Mm. Yeah. I guess it is possible that something could happen and not have been recorded. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was like not for like a not for like a recorded thing. It was just like a live night for uh, for yeah. something else. It was like not intended to be recorded initially. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Man, reaction. Okay. That is why is any, we'll have to see if any of this is worth dropping in. No, just the fact that a reaction video exists for something like that. I'm two years ago. Yeah, right. Four hundred twenty-two views on the Welp. Here we are on YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm honestly interested to see other people's thoughts about this song that are maybe not coming from it as being familiar with Strong Bad or being familiar with They Might Be Giants or being, you know, yeah. fandoms of one or the other and just kind of being like, oh, this is strange, or this is fun. Like I, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm curious, too. Yeah, this has happened... Uh, you know, this is not the only time this has happened. I mean, like, when... Um, you know, all the other times they've kind of crossed over or done songs for things. Like, well, when I did the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse theme episode, like, I'm looking for covers, and I'm like, are they covering it because they're like, they might be giants? They're probably covering it because, it's I don't know, Disney. they grew up on the song and they just like the song and they might not even know who it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I found a cool couple, of, and I haven't done the Hot Dog uh, episode, but those songs are, you know, they're kind of related. And I remember we played a, um, I guess it was more technically Hot Dog than uh, the theme, but there was a heavy metal, like a fucking really heavy version of it. And the person, like synced up the the hot dog dancing scene from the end of the show to this fucking insane like metal like it was like it's it's it like starts out it's kind of like speed metal but then it's just this huge like dun, 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 like breakdown part and just like it slows down the animation it just looks so fucking badass it's just amazing <laughs> and i'm like i don't care if this is a hot dog when i do that episode i'm gonna play it again because it's worth being played again but i'm like the person that did this they might not have any idea who wrote the song they're just covering it in a ridiculous style because they thought it would be funny uh, so i think we need to score this song this is these are fun ones to do these little joke songs it's like how do you even yeah do it i don't know what do you think i love it i uh, i i think of course i <sighs> I really appreciate that there are people who make things that don't fit into a category. And I think that's what I like most about They Might Be Giants. Even though I'm not mm -hmm. like a, I'm always coming back to the well of like listening to them frequently of my own volition. I, every time that I have been, I, you know, aware of them, even before my, my friendship with you, it's just like, man, those, those guys are doing it. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's awesome to mm -hmm. see, it, you know, I, 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 I moved out, uh, you know, like myself moved out across the country this last year, stopped being in a band I've been in for 11 years uh, to try to get into producing things that I really care about. So like mm -hmm. knowing that they might be giants and Homestar Runner both have such long lives gives me a lot of hope. It's like, oh, man, this is like reinforces the idea. It's like, oh, you can just go make things. Nobody will tell you no. Yeah, you, you do it on your own terms, and uh, if someone else is like, no, nah, I don't like it, you just go somewhere else, and then you, you do it 
<laughs> you just do it yourself. That's true. I mean, I I mean, you're a great example of that, Greg, with you, the floor, oh, underground, yeah. floor underground, I would say. Sure. Yeah. You you and have now, had. Uh, so now Sonic Iguana is totally torn out and is like an auto body shop. Which I know. Is sad. I, I, I left, you know, I moved in February of this year and that had started mm-hmm. and it was very sad for me. It's a pretty slick looking building now. It's like surprisingly like nice looking. They've put on this little like kind of facade, uh, like stonework kind of stuff. The whole building's black and gray. Like it actually looks like a nice place now, which is, but like the, just knowing that they gutted it. Oh my God. It was like, I mean, that studio was, you know, it had seen better days, but like the construction of it and stuff that Mass did in 1993, like that drum room. Man. Also, just the absolute history of that place in general. Yeah. I yeah, was so I many great M's. I am wildly proud to have have done some work there. Yeah, same. So, same. Uh, yeah. So, did you give the? You didn't give this a number score yet. Though, I have you? not given you a number score. I'm literally reading the email part of that right now. And all right, so I've been. I was thinking about this all day, and I'm having a little bit of trouble with it because <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's it's coming back to that same thing. Is this a song? Is it an audio snippet from an SB email? Is it like what is this? How should I rate this? Like what on what scale is it? Um, in relation to the rest of the they might be giants canon, as the uh, preparatory email suggests, I rate it. <laughs> I'm gonna probably put it at an even five for me because like the production is abandoned the box, which is cool. I used that software. Yeah. <laughs> I used that software too. It was very nice. Uh, I recognize it uh, very well. Um, but it's like got not a lot of lyrical content. It sang pretty well. It's fun and it fits its purpose. So it's a it's an even five for me on a scoring against other they might be giant songs. As a like okay. personal experience, it's about an eight point nine. Gotcha. Yeah, that distinction makes sense. Uh, I'm looking at the wiki and noticing that it does not, it has not been scored enough to have a ranking. Uh, it's short of the minimum number of ratings required to be on the list. Oh. So of the 900 something songs that are ranked, uh, this, this ain't is one, not of them. one of them. <laughs> this ain't one of them. Uh- all right. No. Well, I just gave it a score, so you should go on there and give it a score. I don't know what the minimum is. I could find out, but uh, for it to actually pop up over there. Yeah, I'm but, a, I'm a, I'm which a, is funny because people have rated like the demos and stuff of various songs, and those will pop up in the in the song list. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm thinking mostly similar, similar lines as you. I mean, five seems about right. I'm not sure. Really, if I can make an argument for it to be higher, it's just fun. I mean, I think it is just fun. You know what? I'm you, you couldn't I, argue. I'm going to give it a lower. five as well, but I think we also need to score Crystal Fortress then. Eight, full eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go five for uh, females and uh, seven for Crystal Fortress. That's fair. Because it is a cooler. I mean, it's it. I mean, it totally. 
you know, it's like a limousine sign. It's like a power ballot or something. It is, and it, 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 it gets the eight for me because, A, I, I, I'm not as well-versed in They Might Be Giants as you, and it really plays to my playful sense of what I enjoy about them. So it's like, oh, man, this is everything I want in a Giants song, kind of. Other, yeah. th- other than, like, you know, an absolute sonic masterpiece like Climb the Walls. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, a perfect 10, that one. Uh, so what do you want to plug for the people? You've told me about a couple things you're doing, but what, what do you want to tell the, uh, the greater public about? I'll tell you what. There's a great band in Lafayette, Indiana called Frank Muffin that you should check out. Uh, I saw yeah. that they're doing some shows, and they have a, a new recording out this year on the uh, on the iTunes and Spotify so you should definitely check that out um, you know I have a Instagram and a YouTube that says adventuring when possible and that is uh, to be determined on what type or how much content will come from those but you can check them out it's some drone footage and uh, uh, probably some Dungeons and Dragons stuff coming there eventually okay Dude, that was that was super fun. Everyone knows where to find this. Might be a podcast. Leave me voicemails. Uh, how about some some sp- voicemails? <laughs> Leave voicemails in the in the style of strong bad emails or in some impersonation of a character from Homestar at two two four eight zero one two nine three zero. Yes. <laughs> All right, dude. That was fun. That was very fun. Thank you. I'm gonna stop recording. Okay. Now. Nah. 